Thank you for sharing those words, Florence. Scott had said one time before in a message that he had delivered something very similar to that, and we listen for the whisper of God. And from time to time, we hear him. And hearing the word humble and walk with God spoke to me. During this message, you'll hear a lot of things that have to do with, of course, personal involvement with us, my family, in Deep River. But the first thing you may have noticed as you prepared for worship this morning, the message in your bulletin today, it doesn't have a title. And don't worry, it's not because I don't have a message to share this morning. I do. And actually, I'm not actually a very nervous person when I speak in front of people. Uh, Sonia can attest to that. I'm used to speaking in front of people. I actually, while I was in college, I actually competed uh, in speech and had to do it in front of judges. And, you know, it was was one of those things that was, uh, it was prepared and it was also a part of it impromptu meaning that it was off the cuff. You just spoke from a thing or experience in life. And I did write down everything that I wanted to say this morning in the message. And if I make a few mistakes here and there, which I already did, I don't know if you guys caught it this morning, but, uh, huh? Okay, very good. (laughs) And for me, meeting for worship is, extremely important that it doesn't become structured and rigid. That's one of the beauties of being a friend that, you know, basically brought us here. And that's part of the story that I'm going to share with you this morning. And the message has been stirring in my soul for many months. It was delivered to me by the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit opened the door for me to share this message with you today. Because when you really think about it, I've only been here since roughly January of this year. And I was telling Sonia this morning, as we're getting ready for worship, you know, here I am being very involved with a meeting uh, on ministry and council, which I feel blessed to be part of. And I'm standing in front of you sharing a message this morning. And for me, it, it is quite overwhelming. And talking to Dave via text this, this afternoon, Dave Smith, about his situation with Kat and the baby. You know, he is overwhelmed too. And he's not overwhelmed by just the situation that they're facing. He's overwhelmed by the love and the care and the friendship that he experiences here. And this is the thing. See, this message, again, is not mine. It belongs to God. And I listened And again, I'll take pauses here because I'm very emotionally quaking with inside this message. 
And perhaps today, it will touch your soul if we listen to him with true reverence. His message will speak to you. Allow me to take you on a little bit of a journey here. Because basically with inside a sermon or a message, there's three parts. You know, you have a, a moment, you have a movement, and you have some mystery. I've already got the mystery out of the way because I didn't give it a title. But I've explained that to you. On this journey, it goes back to the first time that we attended here, Deep River, Deep River Friends. It wasn't long ago, like I said before, it was actually back here in the winter of this year. During this first visit, I was on a mission. And the mission was is that we were seeking a new church family. We had visited many, many churches throughout our area. We've lived here in the Deep River community for a long time. And we wanted to live in a community that we also worshipped with. And again, at that moment and that time, the Holy Spirit had spoke to us and spoke to me one day. And all I, all I heard was the word, go. So, that afternoon, I picked up the phone like I normally do. and I called Sonia, and off we were. I said, we're going. So we did. And that's the beauty of what we were seeking. We had been att attending a wonderful church in downtown Greensboro, and we'd been there for several years, but we felt there was a disconnect and something missing. And that's something we discovered on that Sunday when we visited was you. And it, it was really contagious, I have to tell you. The love and the care and the compassion, it made us, like the scripture was, says in Acts, we were in a state of awe. We were shell-shocked to a certain degree, for lack of better words. And this first message I heard from the Holy Spirit after leaving here was that everyone here with inside the meeting had great power and authority. We had great blessings from God. And we were witnesses to that. We were seeing that. It was great power and authority in action. And it was beautiful. Again, this brings us to the scripture that Susie read from Acts. This, this, I must admit, is one of my favorite scriptures. I guess it's because it's sort of kind of the beginning of the, of the Christian community. It's some, something that we live here at Deep River Friends, and we live this on a regular basis. We don't live it just on Sunday afternoons, Sunday mornings. We live it every single day of our lives. And again, this is what the beauty is that we have and that our community is seeking. The way I see it, it's really simple. We're walking the walk, not just talking the talk. And allow me to read a few more passages here that have already been read. In verse 40, 42, And they steadfastly preserve persevered, devoting themselves constantly to the instruction and fellowship of the apostles, to the breaking of bread, including the Lord's Supper and prayers. And see, that's another beautiful thing that really attracted us to Deep River Friends was our midweek fellowship 
And that's one of the reasons that Sonia and I have been heavily involved in that, trying to make it stronger, better, and continuing. Because it's something we tended right away when we started to come here at Deep River Friends. And that's part of the beauty, again, of Deep River Friends in general. In verse 43, and a sense of awe came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were performed through the apostles. Like I said before, we had a sense of awe. And again, the formation of that community with Inside Christ was here. It is here. And, a day after they, and day after day, they regularly assembled in a temple with united purpose. And in their homes, they broke bread. They partook of the food and gladness and simplicity and generous hearts. In verse 47, constantly praising God and being in favor and goodwill with all the people. And the Lord kept adding to their numbers daily those who were being saved from spiritual death. And let's take a let's just take a moment here and let's visit spiritual death. Just like anyone, if you're looking for information on something you may not be familiar with, you go to the internet and you search it. And uh, I had a question and I got a question answered. I found this instruction helpful, so I'll share it with you. Death is a separation, a physical death is a separation of the soul from the body. Spiritual death, which is of greater importance, is a separation of the soul from God. In Genesis 2.17, God tells Adam that in the day he eats of the forbidden fruit, he will surely die. Adam does fall, but not from his physical death does this not occur immediately. God must have had another type of death in mind, a spiritual death. This separation from God is exactly what we see also in Genesis 3.8. When Adam and Eve heard the voice of the Lord, they hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God. The fellowship had been broken. They were spiritually dying. And I can share this with you. When I came here seeking and looking, I personally was experiencing a spiritual death. And all of you. Saved me with God's grace on that winter day. The power and authority he gave you has given this community the ability to care for everyone you meet. Now, if we think about it for a minute and how we help one another when someone is in need in our meeting, we rise to the call and reach out and lift each other up when we need someone to help. I encourage you to reach out even more. It doesn't make us weak. It makes God happy when we ask each other for each other's help. It's the small things like a friend turning to us as we departed to see my mother one last time. And hearing her say, our hearts are with you. I could see in Linda's eyes that she meant what she 
said. Or having a friend to reach out to me. To shake his hand at our midweek meal. I knew Don was filled with the Spirit. Or having a friend take the time to knit a prayer quilt that fits in our pockets. Not in you, we needed a reminder from time to time that God loves us. And let me tell you, He knows that you are strong. And he wants you to do even more to make our community beyond these walls even stronger. As we think about it, and we can reflect on the wonderful missions we have in our community, our yard cells, open door shelter, crop walk for hunger, international outreach, Quaker Women's Chicken Pie Day, and next weekend, Quaker Men's Barbecue, just to name a few. The Lord has told me he has many, many more for us to do. We're not done there. Also, if he has spoken to you and you feel the Lord quaking within, let me tell you, he won't leave you alone. Once he is residing with inside your soul, with inside your heart, He definitely will not leave you alone until you act out his desires. You know, we can do really amazing things when we work together. If you're worried about how to reach out, if you're worried about where the money will come from for the quaking that is occurring with inside you, don't worry. Don't be anxious. God will provide a way. Have faith. I often research how other families and other faith communities operate. And this is kind of something that intrigued me. I spent many years up in the Pennsylvania area as a young child and then, of course, as a young man. And I've always been intrigued by the Amish, or Amish, however you like to pronounce it. And Max Carter did an interview recently and was asked if Quakers were like the Amish. And that's actually pretty good for me, considering that I had never been to a Quaker meeting before. And when we first came here, we weren't sure if we would have the, uh, if we were allowed to come, if we weren't Quakers. And Max Carter basically answered this way. He said, no, the Amish drive buggies, and the Quakers just drive people buggy. And I'm sure some of the elders here can catch on to the pun. But actually, I think there's a lot of relationship there, too. Yet, we are very different. We come together when the community is in need. We come together when a friend is in need. And we share a lot of the things and the burdens and the the emotions that we all go through. And that's part of the beauty. 
And again, stemming from the message that I'm sharing with you today, again, it goes back to the power and authority that Christ has given you. He has given you the power and authority to go out into our community and share this good stuff that we have here at Deep River. Like I said earlier, when we left here, We were in awe. It was really, really amazing. And you're witnessing with me a transformation. It may seem scary. It's scary for me too. Because like I had said before with Paul, Paul said that they had been crucified with Christ. Now, I haven't been crucified with Christ. But in other words, I had to stop thinking about myself. In order to live for God. And that's why I encourage you to do the same. Getting back to talking about how we take care of one another and how, again, the church works together. I see us living every waking hour in our days for the glorification of God in the highest, where possessions are sold and given to those who have need. And don't worry, I'm not saying we should go out and sell everything that we have. But there are times that will come in our lives where we'll have trials and that we'll have to put certain things on the side in order to help out another friend. And this, again, is something that is really beautiful with inside the community that you see with inside the Amish. They have barn raisings, house raisings. We may have those someday. There's a possibility. Also, I see a time where a friend may be experiencing a turbulent time in their life, and the missions we lead will give them hope. So if you're being led to carry on a mission. Don't worry about where the money will come from. Don't worry about who will like it and who won't like it. If you're doing it for the right reasons, you're doing it for God. That's all the reason that you need. In a time where we come together to pray for Dave and Kat Smith during the time of need that they have, we'll come together, we'll make sure that they're fed. I know we all have experienced times in our lives where we've had medical struggle and, you know, there's definitely a strong need there. People are going to need our help. And that's the beauty of our meeting. That's the beauty of what we have here. And we'll go beyond these walls and make that even, again, stronger. Prayer is a powerful thing. And setting prayer into action is doing His will. Again, we're walking the walk. We're not just talking the talk. Like it says in the Lord's Prayer, Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. And you'll hear me talk about this often. I truly believe that we can create heaven on earth. It takes a little work. And the other thing is, too, is 
as we become more outreach-oriented, it takes determination and commitment to stretch ourselves. We have to get outside of our comfort zone. Kind of like me today, I'm a little outside of my comfort zone. But that's how and what God wants us to live. He wants us to be part of that. He wants us to stretch ourselves. You know, God says that when you truly give and pour of yourself out for others, he will use you. And let me tell you, he's using me today. He's used me over the last nine months like I've never been used in my entire life. And from scripture here, your light shall dawn in the darkness and your darkness shall be as the noonday. If you reach out beyond your own situation and bring Christ's love to others, the circumstances you will face will fade away and disappear. And you'll experience the wondrous joy of making a difference where it counts. And we do that extremely well. Scott had talked about flourishing. And that's just it. We can't just flourish with inside our own meeting. We have to flourish out into our community. Because again, like I said before, we have some really great things that happen here. Some really great stuff that happens here. And there are many people in our community that are seeking or hungry for that. And in closing, friends, our community is growing stronger every day, just like the scripture in Acts reads. We're adding to our numbers, and it's because of the love, care, and leading of our lives as friends. We're adding to our numbers, and it's because of the love, again, with inside each and every one of you, the light that shines with inside you, and the light that can be shown to the world. If you're new or have been visiting Deep River Friends, this message is for you too. Just like it is written in our bulletin, there are no strangers at Deep River Friends, just friends we haven't met yet. And on that day when we first visited here, that was profound to us. So, if you're seeking, or like me back in the winter, experiencing a spiritual death, He told me to tell you, you are spiritually alive again. You are at home here at Deep River. 